0: Hey, Czech, 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 Czech. Okay, you cannot just refer to me that way because I was born in the Czech Republic. The Czech Republic doesn't exist anymore. Does it? Oh god! Oh god! Okay, let's definitely not make that the intro. <laughs>
1: That's not gonna be. How are you going, James? <laughs> yeah, so good. Um, <laughs> I'm confused about geography, but I'm good. I'm alive. Good. I'm not sick. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I'm here to do a podcast with you, my friend, Jake.
0: Oh, hello, James. How are you? Oh, oh I'm okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm pretty good. Um, how? Let's get right into it. Give mm. your week a star rating and then explain it to all me. All right, all right. My
1: week. Well, look obviously last week the week before was I'd say like a five out of five which sounds great but considering you gave something like 52 stars last week Mm. it's like a middle of the road sort of I was sick but I went to a wedding so this week I'm feeling I'm I'm alive I'm back to work I've seen a show I've been hanging out with friends uh, um um uh I'd give it like a like a six out of five, a six out of five, six out of five stars for this week. Okay, yeah, I've been chilling out. I went, I, I saw it. Yeah, went to see a show a few nights ago. Um, yeah, no, I went to a party last night. It was lovely. It was mm-hmm. my, our, our friend Patrick. You know Patrick? Oh sure, ah. Patrick's birthday. Mm-hmm. So we went uh, to his house, which is beautiful. Like mm-hmm. just, Gorgeous, large, lavish mansion. Does he mansion, own it? Does he in his he his owns 20s the house? In a yeah. Lavish mansion? No, I think there's like five of them living in the house. Like, like, oh, the, you know, it's a modern way of living in a large house. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was just really nice. It was like, it wasn't a super crazy, crazy party. It was like a very nice group of people. Everyone was just sort of there for a bit of a boogie and a bit of a drink. Didn't go too hard because, you know, I've been sick recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't want to fuck myself over. Cool. Uh, yeah, so that was nice. Ended up getting home in a reasonable time. Um, I don't remember much of how the night ended. Okay. Uh, and I feel a bit foggy this morning, but otherwise, six out of five still. Great. Yeah. What about you? What have you done? Tell me
0: your things. Um. Oh, it's been okay. My week, as far as a star rating, mm. let's give it like a ooh, like a twenty-two out of five, five stars. I think. What's happened? Did I, you date a twenty-two-year-old. Uh, the what? Did you date a twenty-two-year-old? Is that I, where the stars are coming from? That's that's what's coming? That's where. Yeah, that's what I'm about to launch into. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, what's happened? It's been fun. Last night, I stayed late after work and got to know <laughs> um, I work in a restaurant. One of my several jobs is at a restaurant. Most of it is serving guacamole. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a Mexican restaurant. Um, and uh, I don't know, there's this like chef that I'm mildly obsessed with. And you know how, I don't know if this is a similar experience for you, <laughs> um, but the way that anytime <laughs> you're like put adjacent to someone, but they're kind of like, out of reach because of like admin reasons. Do you mean like, physically or like out of reach in terms of like physically in the sense of like you know how like when you're the floor staff, you are kept kind of like siloed off from the chefs. Oh, sure, sure, sure. And sure. so that kind of distance and like sort of like adjacency breeds almost a sense oh, there's, there's of like mystery and longing. Oh, yeah, mystery, yeah. longing. There's like, a, oh, mm, if only we mm. could be together pressing longingly against the ugliest person in the world. Absolutely. It doesn't matter but it's the But It's vibe. just like you're close enough to be able to like, mm. concoct some fantasies. You're close enough to smell them. Almost. Almost. Yes, along with the sweet corn ribs. Yes. Um <laughs> That's yeah. love, baby. Yeah. So last night it, yeah, it just like stayed late afterwards and like a couple of people and him we just sort of like lingered after work and just like oh. sat there and spoke for a while. Oh nice. And so yeah, I just sort of got to yeah, fill in some blanks with some actual facts about him and his life.
1: Oh my god, lovely. Yeah, I grew
0: up in Bangalore, which Bangalore. is absolute, yeah, which is a place. That is that Bangladesh adjacent? Uh, it's in southern India. Okay, sure. Lovely. So lovely. Yeah, that. Otherwise, yeah, I got a tattoo this week, which is exciting. Got a tattoo And you showed me right so now? It hurt so much Can Oh well, I will me. show you afterwards Is it, it on your recall, ass or something? It involves a whole lot of undressing Oh okay But sexy. yeah that exists And yeah so I got to e- Like it hurt so much Where where, where did you get it? Um, oh like people? on the side of my abdomen Oh yeah no outies Yeah no one warned me about that What? That's like it's, famously one of the places People say tattoos hurt I did so much research And only one what? time Did someone mention that This part of my, of my so No like ribs. low Like low abdomen Like ribs hurt a lot But it's like low abdomen Is this the fire? Is this the flame? It's like like white trash flames Yes! Is the idea Oh heaven on earth Yeah Got that So right. you, So it was like The experience of like Going through that pain Which I'm assuming Was worse than childbirth <laughs> But then Famously. Doing things like Trying to d- Have an out of body experience To save myself From trying experiencing the to have an out of body To not have to feel the pain to have an out of body experience Then explain how I actually Did that James Okay because
1: you were Actually in pain <laughs> Yeah thank that's you That's not trying That's just
0: having one Tried to do that I okay. did this thing where I imagined That what Instead of being hit with needles I was imagining that there was like Something inside of me Trying okay. to escape And the feeling of the tattoo Was them clawing out of oh, me, oh, no, which no, literally helps. Let's
1: wrap this up. Let's wrap this This is Actually scary helped. to me. <laughs> yeah. This is scary to me. Um, <laughs> anyway, no okay. Fun. Sorry
0: for saddling you. Uh, yeah, okay. Let's start talking I about theatre. I had to theater. let the gay demons out. Let them out <laughs> <laughs> to play. Mm. Um, great. Okay. Hey, James. Hello. Hey. Hi. So, yeah. So, the first show we're going to talk about, I saw Nothing. <laughs> well, Jay, yeah, you've got to go see on. something go on, throw a joke at me yeah, no, nothing. Done, done, no. um, yeah, it's a play by Fleur Murphy It was at uh, 45 Downstairs And it was directed by uh, Alonzo Pineda oh. um, So obviously, the full disclosure portion Alonzo is a good pal of ours Very very gorgeous, wonderful person He's fantastic, mm. he studied directing at the BCA and whatnot mm. um, Beyond that um, who else was involved? I thought
1: 45 Downstairs was getting renovated.
0: Um, it's going to be next to a construction site soon. So it's them oh, navigating. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. How that's going, to affect things. Okay. Yeah. Otherwise, obviously, Rebecca McCarr. Oh, Rebecca McCarr. Rebecca McCarr. I love that girl. Uh, she's in the show, who we also love a lot. Um, otherwise, Eddie Patterson, mm-hmm. who's also a pal of ours, who yes. is in Gorilla Sabbath. I've that's... never seen
1: them in anything, and I've always wanted to.
0: Oh, sure. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. Gorilla... Wait, was Eddie... Oh, you didn't see Gorilla Sabbath, the show about the monkeys that went to church? what Um, otherwise who else exists (laughs) Um, oh Harry Hogan uh, the lighting designer um, yeah uh, who oh my god if anyone has a chance to work with Harry Hogan in the future Mm. absolutely do it because knowing and working with her is Light of my existence. Oh, Otherwise, also Sam Porter was sound designer. Oh, yeah, Gloria Sam Porter who was sound I, design. Yeah, sound great. Design. Yeah, because he's, he's a musician. So it makes sense. Yeah, okay, yeah. that ends up. Um, yeah, no, and then also Lara Dawson was music supervisor, who's also a power one. Oh. Um anyway, I'm yeah. so upset I did not see that show because those are all people that I know and love. Well, fuck, you blew it. <laughs> I and that's why. I blew it. It. No one really talks to you anymore. No, fair enough. That yeah, makes no, sense. they're pacing you out. That's good. Um, yeah. Uh, so I'll run you through the plot really mm-hmm. fast. It's like a handful of, It's like five kids. And it's, like, it's vaguely, like, it's very ensemble It's vaguely, like, set in the time period of, like, Spring Awakening. Not explicitly, <laughs> but has, like, a Spring Awakening, like, the original play. Like, the Frank yeah, Zetikind yeah, 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 yeah. Spring Awakening. Okay. So it's, like, a bunch of, like, doofy children that just hang out and play games. And, and talk about Masa and Fasa. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. Uh, so that was the energy. I don't know what explicitly time period it was set in. Okay. Um, but I'd say debatably around the year 2000, <laughs> but I'm unsure. Um, okay. And the idea is that they're all pals and then one day one of their classmates leaves class and goes up a plum tree and then is like, nothing matters. And then they're all like, what the fuck are you talking about? And then this kid up the plum tree is like, nothing matters. And so they all start having this crisis about like, what actually matters? And then their plan to avoid this existential crisis is to collect things that matter and put them in a pile and show this kid up the tree, all the things that matter. Oh my God. That's kind of
1: beautiful. It's great. And then,
0: oh my God, great premise. Mm. And then what ends up happening is the, it gets sort of like darker and darker as the things get accumulated. So it's like quack, 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 much, much darker and darker. Um, and yeah, so it starts off like small sort of trivial things. And then at one point, a Muslim boy's prayer mat gets taken. And that almost seems to incite this thing of like the things getting taken from these kids getting worse and worse. So it almost becomes like this game of tag where it's like, oh, this got taken from me. Then the next kid, I'm going to take something even worse oh. from them as almost like a retribution for the thing that was taken from them. Mm. And it gets sort of worse and worse as that sort of progresses. Yep. Um, which, and that's, that's the part of the plot that I found most Exciting. That sounds great. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, so that is what really got me going. Mm. And then this is where we splinters off into like me talking about my experience. Good. So that was really thrilling. So like watching these kids discuss. Oh, uh, say discussing sort of sig- the cosmic significance. Good but the on. thing that I found with my tastes and my proclivities was like, oh fuck yes! Like watching these kids like be awful to each other as a way of <laughs> soothing their own distress mm. and. And it's a very jakey sort of thing. It's very jakey. And then even like, it reminded me of, do you remember that like Slender Man story? Do I remember Slender Man? I didn't
1: sleep for like, I was one of those children that
0: was terrified of Slender Man. But do you remember when there was like two girls stabbed their friend? I do. Distinctly. Yes. Yes. So that. But that's that's I'm obsessed with that story. Yeah, so that, incredible. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So those you who don't know, Slender Man is that, like tall, ominous, terrifying. <laughs> Let's figure? talk about. We Slender need Man. to talk about Slender Man. <laughs> we need to yes. talk about Kevin. So, um, uh, yeah, Slender Man, internet internet villain. These like two girls took their friends, n- took their friend into the and woods. This is real. This is a real yeah, thing. yeah. These yes. two girls took their friend into the woods and yep. then tried to kill her, and then the girl somehow survived despite being stabbed like twenty times. Yeah, that's a horror um, story in itself. Yes. Um. Where's that movie of her just crawling out of the
1: woods with all these nice Ah, well, Where's I think that? Well, I think that's almost the premise of The Last House on the Left. Oh, I've watched a YouTube video about that while I was stoned once. That's <laughs> almost
0: like watching the movie. <laughs> In many ways, it's better. Anyway, so yeah. So what I found though was that I found that part of the story so magnificent. Like that really satisfied me and excited me. Mm. But that wasn't the entirety of the story. So right. by the time they'd accumulated this pile and all this terrible stuff that happened to all of these children, that was when that ended, like, that portion of the story, I was kind of like, oh, I'm d- completely narratively satisfied. I'm done. I'm happy to go. Oh,
1: but it kept but then, going
0: Well, on top of that, there was also this framing device of the kids looking back as adults, back at their experience, and then this museum contacting them to want to display the part, like, this whole additional oh. framing device plot. And I was like, it was absolutely valid, and mm. it was a thing that I, I can understand why the playwright wanted to do it. It was just me by then. I kind of, like, blown my load as far as, like... <laughs> And that is the wording I wanted to use. As far oh, as like my yep, yep, like yep. emotional engagement with the piece. I had so I splooged all over the place. I thoroughly splooged and so therefore I was kind of like, I can go home happy and satisfied. I don't need the rest of this. Like stuff. how at what how far through the show had you hit that point? Um like I'd say the the end of the pile journey yeah. kind of ended, oh, oh. maybe almost like two thirds of the way through the show. So oh, there was okay, still like sure, a fair sure. bit left yep. for me to talk about. Um but yeah, but yeah, that's my fault. No one else's. Um, the cast itself—it was like very ensemble. It was very like them just like wandering around telling the story together, and it was amazing because they obviously had worked a lot together. Mm. No one was dropping the energy. It was all very like equally shit. They all, like, they all still had their unique components of themselves, so that it, yep. it, it wasn't if they just turned into this like sea of turtlenecks. Like so they, they were very much individual characters, super individual. Still. But yeah, yeah working nice. together really nicely. Yeah. Um, I will say it also and this is a taste thing and not a criticism this is me talking about the things that i like yeah. and i didn't know how much i didn't like this i guess i hadn't interrogated as much i can't oh. stand oh and i'm i'm probably alone in this maybe uh-huh. I, like i don't think this is like a, a common thing to not like i, I don't like, like seeing people succeed oh my god I, hate it. I don't like it when in a play people are like yelling prose at me like I don't like okay. when people are like, and then we walked down the street and we walked past this church and then we oh, saw. Like I yeah. just when it starts okay. when it starts turning into them yelling, l- like the play has become a book all of a sudden and people are yelling developments at me not to continuously bring things back to Ladies in Black
1: but is that similar to when What's Her Name is sort of narrating a party rather than us seeing the party well that's different
0: because she if I remember correctly Ladies in Black the Tim Mm. Finn musical um, in that scene it is still her inside the party being like oh good to see you oh I love you whereas this is more like and then we walked up there and then we saw this sunset that changed our lives forever it's like moments ago you were in a scene having a conversation and now you're just shouting like scenery at me sure and sure. No, I, I and, that I, that's... and that's just me I just find that irritating and <laughs> that isn't necessarily even a valid thing to say and again sure. not a critique that's just a style that I have no time totally, for totally totally I yeah. can't say I've seen maybe I have and I just don't have the same Values that you do Oh yeah no friends. Like it's yeah, plenty yeah. common And it absolutely works Just for me I, I guess part of me Just finds it annoying It's just like Is it because you find it Like what is What do you find annoying about it? I don't even know I think it's just like Them being like And then this And then this It was like <laughs> Great Just like just show, show it us. to me Yeah, yeah don't <laughs> yeah, yeah sure But again okay. That's just taste But yeah No it, But it was what also meant, Like this show Looked fantastic <laughs> It was like Harry did really well um, with, with lighting the, like the, the future and the present differently yeah, to nice. differentiate between the timelines. Um, they did this thing where it was like, as the pile got accumulated, like mm. at the pile of things that mattered, this like dirt fell from the ceiling, accumulating this oh pile my... in the middle of the oh, stage. Oh Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was beautiful. That's good. Oh my God! It was super stunning. Um, yeah.
1: But, but, but I saw a lot in a lot of the publicity where they were wearing like all white. Were they all wearing like like very
0: white sort of outfits in the show? I don't know why I need to know. That's an but important I do question. Need to know um, oh, it was trying to visualize. They were like forgettably nicely dressed. I'd say it was just kind of like generic Forget- people clothes in a sensible way, in a way that unified them as an sure. ensemble. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah, yeah. So that's nowhere. That's nowhere. Well. I think you may have gone nowhere, but you left with a little bit of something. <laughs> <laughs> so, hi, Jay. Hello, James. Hello. Um, I went to see a show as well recently. Oh, look yeah, at big, you. Yeah, big day, big day. Yeah. Um, I went to see Next to Normal at Chapel of Chapel. Oh. Yeah, yeah, I was tossing up whether I would go and see it, but just because of, you know, money and time and all these X, Y's and Z's, but I figured I really wanted to see the show, and I have for ages. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is one of those shows that was famously postponed when COVID sort of started up, and they've been trying to get it off the ground. I think it's been like in rehearsals for two years. Golly. Yeah, like on and off. Um, enough that the the, car, the original cast is no longer what they are now working with. Okay. The casting
0: has changed. Um, hey,
1: do you what, what you, do do you you know much about Next to Normal? Are you a fan of Next to Normal? All I know,
0: and these okay. may not even be facts, all, right. all I know about Next to Normal yep. is I believe Aaron Tveit was in the original production Correct. of it. Correct, and so was Alice Ripley, controversially. Alice Ripley was also in it, who means nothing to me as yeah, far absolutely. as being a person. I don't know who Alice Ripley is. Yeah, um, I assume she's related to Ripley from Ripley's Believe It or Not. She's
1: actually related to Ripley from Alien. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. We so are to different we people as far are as are our Ripley references. <laughs> um, beyond
0: that, I feel like it's about mental illness. Yeah,
1: yeah. It, um, so it's, I won't go into the plot, just because if I describe too much of the plot, it gives away a lot of the big reveals. Um, but it is a show... <laughs> it does! No, it's just reveals makes it sound like it's a magic show. Or but a please... drag show. Again, different people. Indeed. Um, so uh, Next to Normal, yeah, discusses mainly mental illness and sort of like how we sort of treat mental illness as a society, mm-hmm. uh, but it also discusses things like family trauma, um, grief and sort of ongoing grief, uh, deals with addiction, um, all this sort of really intense stuff. Um, but I, I think, personally, it handles it really, really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and my sort of full disclosure for this show is I have been obsessed with this show since high school. Like, since... Whenever this show sort of the Broadway production recording came out, Mm -hmm. I was listening to it religiously. So it's a show that I know very well, and I had very high expectations going in to see this show. Okay. Um, And I've got to say, expectations met. Oh my. Every single one of them. Like, I have not a bad thing to say about this show. Mm -hmm. It was one of those. It was especially. I don't know what your experience with musical theatre is in Melbourne but like going to see shows and uh, for me going to see a show that's not necessarily on the stage of you know Her Majesty or the Regent when it when they just kick it out of the park it's just such a satisfying moment it's just sure. so ah this is good set you walk in set is it reminds me a lot of how you describe music like it's a it's a framework of a house sure uh, with with like led lights and um, all these beautiful little uh, architectural sketches to sort of suggest the outline of a house mm-hmm. um, which is sort of ties into the the plot because the two parents in the show are architects that designed their own house mm-hmm. so that that's a really i found that really obviously lovely um, you walk in the band. Um, i've just got i've got to go th- i've got the program here with me this is uh, some names i just need to quickly say um, bloody Ned Wright Smith. I recently saw Ned musically direct "Uh Into the Woods" at Meat Market. Yeah, um, which was incredible. Um, and so I walk in, and Ned walks in, and he's the um, associate musical director. And I've got to say, that band, that orchestra, that ah, oh, kicked it out of the park. They were so good. Mm-hmm. Like it was like listening to the actual soundtrack just there on stage. It was so satisfying. Um, so I just want to get that
0: out of the way. Ned. Mm. Ned Wright Smith is a great thing to yell when you see something wild and surprising. Okay. Ned Rod Smith! <laughs> Continue. <laughs> okay, we're going to mute your microphone, and we're going to keep I've going. got stuff to say! <laughs>
1: Ned Rod Smith, yeah, that is pretty okay, good. Okay, so the show starts. Show starts. I don't know where to even start. The entire cast, I think there were six of them on stage, like six characters, six cast members. We had the understudy for um, we all the, all the the all the main actors, we had the understudy for uh, Dr. Madden and Dr. Fine. Like, the the sort of doctory characters are played by the same person. We had um, Thomas Cantor was the um, stand-in, was the cover for that. Uh, but but I just want to go out and say, Queenie van der mm-hmm. Queenie van der Zand. Yep, say it again. <laughs> Queenie van der First of all, incredible name. Okay. Like she's, and, um, but she plays um, Diana, the mum. And just, she comes on. And this is something that I was talking to um, my, my housemate about. The costume designer really also nailed it in that she comes out and it's like, you're just a mum. You look like a mum. You have nailed this mum look. Mm -hmm. And she comes out in this sort of like large, grey, loose, turtlenecky thing. Like a very, I don't want to use the word frumpy, but it's like, you know what I mean? It's that sort of, yeah. She comes out and you look at her.
0: Like that phase where, in my mind, this is how it Mm, works. A woman becomes a mother and then fashion becomes about functionality and about comfort. Yes. 100% Um, that. Yeah.
1: Yep. And it's that sort of look that immediately evokes sort of maternal sort of feelings. Sure. So she comes out, and she, she I've never seen someone on stage portray mum energy so well. Great. Like, it was just incredible. Every single thing. And then she starts singing, and I don't know why I didn't expect... I just didn't expect the voices to be as good as they were. And sure. I don't know why that's the case. I think mm-hmm. it just says something about non-mainstage theatres. Um, And they were just belting these notes mm-hmm. that were just so gorgeous. So Queenie Van de Zandt, fucking A+. Plus. Great. The entire cast, though, like, Dan Goodman is the dad. Um, You're going to need to cut that bit, because that's the character name. <laughs> I don't want people to know that I'm stupid. No, no, I think it will <laughs> shine through. <laughs> so Dan Goodman, the character was played by Matt Hetherington. Great. It was just one of those beautiful voices. Okay, I'm, I'm going to stop saying that they all have beautiful voices, because you know that Hanlon Innocent. What a great name! We
0: can't just keep getting hung up on people's names. But they're so good. <laughs> yep. Yeah.
1: Um. Interval comes around. As I said, I don't want to go into the, the plot of yeah, what great. happens too much. But interval comes around. I turn to my friend Iona. Tears. We're both just sobbing messes. And mm-hmm. it's that moment where the sort of music ends and there's that that resounding silence where you just sort of hear everyone sort of
0: <sighs>
1: like everyone just has a moment of sort of catching their breath because it was just so much. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I will say, and this this is um. Nothing to do with the show. Nothing to do with the production. We could hear... We were on um, Chapel Off Chapel, obviously. Mm. Close to Chapel Street. I'm pretty sure Love Machine was the culprit. Mm-hmm. Right next to us, through the wall, we could just hear the loudest doof in the world. And it, this is a show that is sort of uh, punctuated by a lot of very intense silences. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of big reveals followed by everyone just sort of going...
0: Oh my God! Yeah, exactly, looking at each other. You're so mentally ill!
1: <laughs> very that. Um, but it would sort of... This pause would happen, then you hear this...
0: yeah, yeah Like, <laughs> out the back!
1: <laughs> and it was just... It was just a moment of... I, I'm sure you remember when we, whenever we would do a show at the Bluestone Arts Centre in Footscray. Yeah. The band camp next door, that seemed to be set up permanently, would just sort of blast through the silences. Oh, yeah. And it just made it very hard. But testament to the performers, because they just really just kept... They didn't falter at all. And this is also um, a show that I think it had a lot of... As we discussed with um, Jagged Little Pill. Yeah. Um, trigger warnings, XYZ. Mm. Uh this one had those up and about had like mental awareness resources. Like posted up on the walls at the back of the program. And at the very end of the show, and this is something that I didn't think would affect me, but it affected Iona and me, my friend. They did the curtain, they did the curtain call, they all bowed. Uh, they waited for their very well deserved full on standing ovation to end. Sure. Um then we all sat down because they were still there waiting. And we were like, I... Oh, there's Monica. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh Queenie Vanderzant. Um, comes out and does this she drops the American accent he's had the whole show in this Australian voice and it was this moment where we were just sort of went that's mum because <laughs> the Australian accent came out and we just watched her do all these mum things then she just started talking it was like that's just an Australian mum it just really I don't know why it affected me so much but to okay. see her suddenly just be someone so recognisable in my life mhm and she starts talking about um, how some of the things they spoke about in the show were really intense, how, like, you know, you're not alone, like, all that sort of stuff. And um, how the back of your programs, you've got all these mental resources. And then she said, it's not a ploy to sell programs, which I thought was very funny. And also, it's this, that sort of thing where I'm sure you've experienced this, where you listen to a sound tra- recording so much, and then when you see the show live, you forget that all the songs aren't just going to play out exactly like, like, they're punctuated by dialogue they're punctuated like there's there's scenes of acting in between mm. all the songs and I just for some reason forgot that happened sure so all these intense scenes would happen and I just would be like oh shit that's right this happens I mm-hmm. forgot that that bit happens Tissue is
0: well used that night sure now that is cool the way that yeah depending on your familiarity with the the sound like the, the score itself mm. is interesting to because I guess it's also the case with even just like listening to like pop music in your life when mm. it gets recontextualized based on the place that you're in in your life, the song hits in a different way. So to yeah. see a song that you like, like it's almost akin to "Mamma Mia," "Here We Go Again." When you oh, see a beloved song, a beloved set song. in a restaurant, oh. and it, it's and everyone's something dressed in Napoleonic waiters. Of course, because it's a perfect film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, He's yeah, gay, you know. He's gay, you know. Oh, narratively. Narratively, that character. was ends to be Colin Firth. Yes. 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 Big, big news. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, yeah.
1: But yeah. 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 Great. Um, and it was, yeah, and it's funny. You're, you're so right because I was watching it and when I had watched, listened to all this music originally in high school, mm. I was going through all my high school sort of figuring out who I am and loving life and, and learning about myself. Mm. So it was all very positive. But then to see it all on stage, I was like, Oh, mm. this is actually really tragic. Right. I don't want to go on too much longer about Next to Normal because I've already said so many good things about it. I just wanted to touch on... Like, I wanted to particularly shout out Hanlon Innocent. Mm-hmm. who's playing... What's the character's name? Henry. Henry's like the daughter's sort of stoner, dopey jazz musician boyfriend. I never really liked the character too much. Sure. He was always a bit of an annoying dopey stoner. But this bloody Hanlon comes on and he's just the most charming... And sort of, like, comedic timing down pat sort of actor. And he's, he plays guitar live at one point, And there are, like, so many moments where he has to do things like, he has to light a bong, or he has to turn an apple into a bong, or he has to do, like, X, Y, and Z. Which, watching actors sometimes do, like, drug-related things, or, like, any sort of fiddly prop work, it can sometimes be a little bit, uh. But he just did it so effortlessly. Like, everything he did, would, he'd come on stage and you'd just be like, Oh, I mean, I also want to say Thomas Cantor, the stand-in, the, um, uh, I'll, the cover for Dr. Madden, Dr. Fine, that is a character that I always sort of, he always sort of has been played as a very macho sort of masculine energy, but mm. Thomas Cantor has this incredible, has this sort of not incredibly masculine energy that he comes on and sort of plays this role in a way that i would never imagined it being played with this really beautiful, almost falsetto sort of way of singing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just put such a new spin on that original relationship between um, the Doctor and um, Queenie Van Zandt's character, D- D- Diana. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just so refreshing because I had not thought either I'd... I imagined when I was going to see the show that I was just going to see the
0: next to normal production that I knew and already love. Yeah. But this was just its own thing. Yeah. That's so lovely and exciting. Anytime that, like, especially, yeah, especially with musical theatre because so much of it, with theatre obviously being as ephemeral as it is, mm. it's so great when something like musical theatre is enabled to be kind of like exist in this fossilised way that a cast mm. recording can, and then it permits you to kind of, to some extent, experience that version of the show whenever you want to. Like, yeah. almost gets ki- like almost akin to, obviously, with the advent of so much more filmed productions of things yeah. in theatre existing. But then, yeah, there's something so thrilling, as you're saying, about... Uh, that that version of the show can exist in its recorded fashion and then you can see what feels almost like an adaptation of a show that you love. Yes. And you can see it through this whole new... And it is it is
1: truly... um she, You're right, it's a, a whole new lens to sort of view it through and it just maybe think about things that I had never thought about with Next to Normal. For sure. And last but not least, Matt Hetherington is the dad, as Dan. Mm. It was just, as Queenie Van Zant was incredible as portraying a mum, uh, Matt was just insanely... It was just one of those moments of, that's just a dad. Like, it's a dad, that, and he was just, all his mannerisms, and all his timing, and the way he got, like, you could tell that he was a dad who was trying his hardest, but just did not know how to connect with the people around him, and it was really touching. Ugh. Oh, goosebumps the whole time, from this incredible cast. hmm Great. Yeah. Yeah. No notes! <laughs> hey, James! Hello! Hey. We need to get a better intro to every segment because <laughs> they're all starting off with "Hi!"
0: <laughs> yeah. Um. Go so on. I I went to Wesley. The other day. Did you
1: go to Wesley? I thought you went to... I enrolled. I realised I we're don't know enough. You? And you're <laughs> 11 geography. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. I've recently
0: fallen in love with Bangalore. And I need to know more. And I think Which the Which is in to... South India. South India. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I that one. Um, Yeah, I went to Wesley to see their production of Cloud Street. I am so jealous. You. What part are you jealous Well, I was meant of? to go with you. You were, but I what... was
1: meant to go with you, but sickness took me away. What did
0: you think? Like, uh... Okay, oh, I was, was going to ask say. you what you knew about Cloud Street, but what I'm going to
1: do instead, oh,
0: I've, I've got some things to say about Cloud Street. Oh, good. On. So this is my—I knew nothing about Cloud Street. Okay. I resent Tim Winton unfairly <laughs> just because I had to study like a book of his short stories in Year Twelve, and I really oh, hated the experience because yeah. his style just doesn't resonate with me. It's a bit too vague, is my understanding. Sure. This is me recalling literary criticisms of when, when I was 12. 17 years old. <laughs> Um, uh-huh. And I trust that guy. He was a genius. I wouldn't change yeah. a thing about what he did. Uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> I take um, one or two things. So I go into Wesley, the, the beautiful school that it is. I go in. I'm by myself. I walk into the auditorium. I'm in row HH. So I'm like, oh, that's like, <laughs> that's great. I'm just sort of like going to be part of like the throng. <laughs> sure. And then I look at my little ticket and I walk in. I was like, oh my God, they've tricked me here. And HH is the front row. What? So in the front row. How at is this high school production. the front row? You tell me. So I go in to find HH. I'm at the very front. <laughs> Walking in alone. The and I pause myself down. Front. Oh, like off to the left. Okay, sure, sure. sure. Um, yeah. Front row, sit down. The stage looks immaculate. It's beautiful. The set's all wooden. At the very front where like, if it were a musical, like the orchestra pit, like yep. that's where they would be. Instead, it's a lake. Yes. Yeah, okay, the great. Like a goddamn lake. Wait, like, wa- like actual water? Yeah. What? It's not just like, a splodge of blue paint it's like liquid
1: is Wesley a rich school are they Uh,
0: they, they've seen it yeah good good, good, okay, okay yeah um Sit there, wait for everyone to arrive. No one really joins me on my side of the audience bank, so I'm alone <laughs> in the left you. portion. Just decided not to yep. go in there. Uh, yeah, so I'm just this tall stranger sitting at the front of this this audience bank. I So I don't know really anything about Cloud Street beyond my mm. unfair resentment sure. of Tim Winton's work. And I'm listening to... There's like this like family. It's like two teenage boys and I think their mother sitting behind me and they're kind of talking about what the story is. And what I eavesdrop from them is like... Oh, it's about two families that live in the same house set decades apart. So I'm like, oh, okay. So it's going to be like two different timelines mm. and we're going to see how they interact in this this house. Um, I'm like, okay, great. I'm glad I have that sort of backstory. I'm ready to have to keep track of two different timelines. Yeah. Then within the first sort of 10 minutes of the show, one of these families knocks on the house and the other family answers the door. And I'm like, Jake, you've misunderstood something because why are they... They, they can't meet each other if That's they're in time time works. Works. No. <laughs> it's a um, time No! So it's a multiverse! So that really threw me for a yeah. second. But otherwise, so yeah, wait, so do you have any feelings about Cloud Street before we continue? I,
1: I do, I do. I can't remember much of the story because when. So I was in year 10, this mm. is in high school, um, we had a new drama teacher come in, Mr. Jones, who I ended up adoring, great teacher, but came into the school, and started directing the new play, which was to be Cloud Street. Mm. I auditioned. Was not cast. Great, and that made me very bitter and jaded because I, as a young homosexual, had been in every high school production up until that point. Oh God! And to then be suddenly denied. I think it was. A, I think it was a poor choice for a school that large, just because it's such a small cast, and you want to, you want to do a show that people can be involved in. Okay. Um, I don't know what the this Wesley production was like, but that was my that's my experience. And then I did your be, experience is being too rejected, gay for Cloudstreet, too gay for Cloud <laughs> Yes. Um. Yeah, and the guy, and I remember. Because Mr. Jones was new, a lot of the people that were cast in the show were, like, sporty jock people. Sure. Who just... Which, which good for them, I'm glad. I'm, I'm, good, good for them. Good, no, I'm... I'm, <laughs> I'm time they good, got a break. Good, good for them, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I just mean, looking back, it's nice to see that different people were getting involved in theatre. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, I just felt very bitter and jaded, so I didn't see the show. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, so, um, my experience is... But I think we did... Do a little bit of reading of it For the audition process So I Remember vaguely There's a character named Fish But um, that's my That's my experience of Cloud Street So oh, I'm, I'm keen
0: to hear the actual Sorry that it was so traumatic Oh no, no it's fine I'm over it now Sure <laughs> Yeah it's fine um, Yeah okay so I'll run Okay <laughs> What do I even have <laughs> so to say time so, travelling characters Time travelling <laughs> So there's No time travel Devastating oh, There's no it's, it's all happening In the same Universe and time period Boo, Boo. <laughs> It's happening in the 40s oh, Um. Yeah and so It was not to start off with, it was very long. James, my God, it was it Ow. was three hours long. Interval? Surely. There was an interval. Of course. it was, th- But it was three, three hours. Three hours long. It was three hours long. Um,
1: well, and- I mean, didn't Malthouse recently do that production of Cloud Street over the course of like two days or something? It was something like that. Yeah. And they like
0: fed you at some point. I think there was like a dinner they break. Had to they had to feed you. They yeah. had to, it would be like a three crime. Three hours. It was three hours long. Okay. Um. I, I blame Tim Winton because famously we have we our literary feud. Yeah. Yes. Um, but it was one of my favourite things about the length of the show was the, the two teen boys and the mother behind me mm. during like the second act probably <laughs> I'd say probably like halfway through act two <laughs> one of the boys goes it just keeps going. It's <laughs> like, yes, sir. Yes, it does. <laughs> um, yeah, but, oh, oh, but we'll get funny. back to the length. Um, as far as the cast goes, it was a really big cast. So I think maybe okay. they shrunk it down for your school production just yeah. to exclude the homosexuals. That sounds it's about right. It's my thing. yeah. yeah, yeah. Famously, um, famously. Really big cast. Um, and it's... But the plot... So the plot, which we'll call it a plot. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He's, oh, going, he's in. going in. Okay. Um, yeah, no. So, opening scene... Um, Happy family, (laughs) dicking around. So it's important to note: there's like, uh, there's like a religious, lovely family, and then there's like a like a scraggly, meaner family. Heathen family. Heathen family. A filthy dirt family. (laughs) (laughs) So it's think, the yeah, that's like, yeah like a religious family and then like a dirty family, <laughs> Dirt family is a way to simplify things offensively and we open like meeting like the religious family so there's like a lot of kids and like mm. um these two brothers and one of them is named fish mm. and he's like the beloved sweet one and then quick is like the other brother and then like the opening scene is like beloved fish drowning in this lake at the front of the stage mm. and then he gets brain damage, and then spends the rest of the show brain damaged yes um Yeah, so that's that. But then, yeah, they then move into this, like, house on Cloud Street, and it's sort of, like, split down the middle, and they share it with the Dirty family. And it's about them sort of, like, intermingling and, like, living alongside each other. Fish
1: in the good good religious family?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, he's the, yeah one of the sons in the religious family. Yeah. So it's sort of about these two families living in this house together. Um... And then it just sort of meanders like it's not (laughs) (laughs) like literally to explain a plot would be to delve into like the very slow moving, like uh, like, tales of these people just living their lives in the the forties. It was just like, yeah, um, like they, they arguably go on character journeys, but (laughs) none of them are really at uh, like an exciting pace. There's not a lot of twists and turns. Like it's almost exemplified by like quick grows up and then becomes a police officer okay and there's a murderer in town <laughs> but we never find out who the murderer was what? <laughs> And we barely even establish what the crimes are, and the, this that, that story is debatably more interesting than a lot of the other plots that get a lot more airtime. And There's it's
1: like, vague, guys, talked about murder.
0: Yes, it's like, guys, people are getting murdered in this town. <laughs> why is no one else paying I attention to this? Fish. And also, why is there no closure on this journey? <laughs> that is both. And they had three hours to they give you three closure. Hours. Like, yeah, no, I was very ready for it to be brain-damaged fish. I was yep. very ready for almost like a mice and men yep. thing, where it's like, oh no, that poor kid has turned into. To a murderer against his own will. Whatever, oh, you know? that's interesting. Like, yeah, but no, I don't no. know.
1: Um, are you hearing this, Tim Winton? You're taking this down.
0: Yeah, could you change it? <laughs> um, but yeah, I'll just touch on a couple of cast members who I thought were mind blowing. Mm. Bear in mind these are high school students, so it's even more yes. incredible that they've yes. accomplished what they've done. Incredible. Um, so Louise Coote plays like the mother in the religious family, mm-hmm. and she first off, There's this overarching thing of like it's incredible to watch kids play adults. Not just because that's impressive, because they've obviously never been adults. So yeah. the fact of them having to assumedly impersonate the adults they see around them is sure. so interesting and yep. illuminating. So that was exciting. But yeah, so Louise Coote plays like the religious mother, and she brings like this—you oh. know, she's almost like like the mother in Muriel's Wedding if she were oh, mean yeah. and like angry and impatient. Oh. And it's like my God. So it's it's so first off, all the kids are really good at that, like broad, almost pretend Australian accent that's like, oh Stroth. Yeah, oh, I don't like this at all. Classic. What are we gonna do now? That's not real. The rain's coming. <laughs> Everyone's <laughs> gotta put up the umbrellas and protect the crops. that You accent? don't know how farms work. I don't. But that's but you know how that's an Australian accent uh-huh. that only exists on stage and yes. in some TV shows? Yes. Um Yeah. So Louise Coot embodies this woman Who is like because of her like coldness has this distance from her children and she doesn't really get along with her husband, like all these things. And she, oh my god, she delivers this like devastating line of like, um, she says, No one asks me to dance anymore. I'm like, oh. oh. And it's like, I, I believe that this was, like, a 40-year-old woman who's, mm. like, n- no longer treated like a fun person, even though inside of her, she's still this, like, young girl that just wants to be, like, taken so, care of. that's such a good line. But
1: also, the, uh, that thing of mums. I hate seeing mums being sad oh my on god. any medium. Yeah, it, no. Because they don't deserve heart. it. No! They deserve all happiness they in the do. world. They do! Yeah. And every time, that's,
0: yeah, no, I totally get that. No yeah. one
1: asks me to dance anymore. Oh my god, it's so
0: fucking nice. And then oh. she describes, because she's, like, her life is touched by so much death, she says this line of, like, it's, like, the longest subtraction some ever invented and again this like child is delivering these lines and I'm like ah, oh, Louise so what you're saying is Tim Winton has some good lines I'm saying Louise breathes magic <laughs> into his garbage into words yes speaking of her so Marcus Leder plays her husband mm-hmm. and his performance of this like sweet man married to this woman that kind of makes him feel like crap is rendered even more, even the more magical because again, he's this boy playing this man and first off, the genius costume designer, Mm. Jan Barber, or Jane Barber, I don't know, there's two N's so I don't know. This genius woman has put him in this like, Sort of like doofy, friendly brown vest. <laughs> it's like this fabric vest, which somehow was the most genius costume thing I've ever seen. Because even though he's dressed like an adult man, he's got this adorable, snuggly vest on the of whole course. time. And it's like, oh, it's still like dad energy, but it's like approachable sweet, I want to hug him dad energy. Oh. Which was so such nice. Such a rare dad energy. Oh my God. But then, so on top of that, I think the moment where I realised, oh my God, I'm so obsessed with what Marcus is doing, was he like sat quick down. So he sat his son down. And the two of them have this similar tenderness inside of them. Mm. Um, but they have this conflict where the... the, the like, yeah, so Marcus is yelling at his son, played by Patrick Long. Um, and it's this like, devastating moment of like watching Marcus play this man reprimanding his son. Um, but because of the way that Marcus is playing the role... like it's At least my experience of the scene was watching him have to play a version of an adult man that obviously he as marcus in real life hasn't grown into yet but watching him mirror what a mean older man looks like oh my God. was so touching in the way of like you can see what what it seemed like i don't know these people but it seemed like marcus is clearly this like really lovely young man playing this older man mm. who's trying to be like a, like a like a disciplinary father, even though that's against his nature. Yeah. And watching a young man play an older man that he may grow into was this, like, ripple effect of explosive touchingness that was just incredible. And then on top of that, it was this scene that then... It was one of the few scenes in the show that really touched me in the way of, like... And I, it's obviously, to, I'm also just biased because of, like, my experience and my childhood and all that garbage, mm. but, like... It's one of those moments that I think a lot of us have with our parents and and the way that ties to how we're treated by the world and by adults around us. A moment that hits you really hard because you're so young and you feel like maybe your parent will never love you again. Oh or that moment that, that will forever change the relationship you have with either adult men or just that one specific adult man. Um, and somehow these two young boys in this scene showcased that moment yeah, and then going forward their their connection was completely different because it really felt like this father had broken the sort of like I don't know the sacredness and the gentleness of their bond together oh it was my like these are high God. school kids and they're nailing this
1: there's something amazing about watching young high school performers nail that sort of connection like totally. there is something really magical about that I'm the really fact, glad to oh hear it God. was good yeah,
0: yeah. F- any time that a child manages to reflect back truths about adulthood generally yep. is it's, yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, it's wild. You're totally right. Um, it feels relevant to bring up the fact it was directed by Marcus Pennell and Claire Cooper. Mm-hmm.
1: And they um, just because
0: they, they've they clearly done really great work with these kids. Yeah, great. Um,
1: yeah. Because that's three hours of lines and three hours of, like, stuff that a lot of professional actors would struggle with.
0: Three hours. It was, as, again, as the boy behind me said, it just, <laughs> it just keeps, keeps going. going. But it was like, but nothing, as it kept chugging along, not, like, nothing in me doubted that the kids could do it. Mm. Because especially performances like... Emily McBurney, who played, like, the drunk, like, promiscuous, oh. cheating woman of, like, the Dirt family. Because <laughs> she, she was just playing this, like... Again, I forgot that she was a child. But she carried herself like a 40-year-old woman. was like, oh, yeah? We're yes. going to go down the pub. I'm going to ruin my family because I love drinking. And penises. <laughs> Anytime... Okay, alright. Anytime a child plays... The classic high school role of the prostitute in the background that's a dream um yeah no so i just want to bring up marlo stevenson quickly Mm -hmm. just because she was mind-blowing like she was really an integral reason that as the play kept going as it did I was like i just want to watch this girl do anything that she can because she was just like she was every scene she was in as the scenes continued it was like she was like this driving force through everything and she totally understood what the scenes were about what her character Mm. was after she had this like tremendous emotional and sort of character growth through the thing as time passed like you saw her go from like quite a young girl to a very kind of like confident brazen woman like trying to understand herself yeah and it was incredible she was so competent and marvelous and charismatic. And knew exactly what she was doing. And like sh- like her certainty and her gravity were the thing that even as the play again went on and on I was like, Marlo's marvellous. She's Marlovis. Marvelous, marvelous, Marlo. Mar-lo-vis. So that's a play on marvelous. A play
1: on marvelous. Oh right, right,
0: yes, you're welcome. Yeah, no, good. I good. wasn't listening to anything you said. No, you just, just gearing up lines. to say yeah, yeah. Mar-lo-vis. Marlovis Yeah, Yeah, great, yep. great, great. Anything else? Yeah. Um, no. And then I guess it's also worth shouting out Mitchell McLaren playing Fish because it's difficult to oh, imagine yeah. to play someone with brain damage. Yeah. Um, the whole time they t- yeah he was really really great. It was interesting, I suppose, for the it, it at the end when it started raining. Mm. as like a closing image he like walks off he has like a final monologue and then wanders off into the rain and the monologue seems to be making an effort to reframe it as if Fish the character has been telling the story the whole time which it did not seem like at any huh. point during the show. And so it was interesting for the final moments to be like, And this is why I told this story about a house I used to live in. Off I go to walk into the rain. It's like, is <laughs> he going what to way? die? What's it, happening? It was, <laughs> like... wait, wait, so this has been here? <laughs> I don't understand this. Okay, and I think it's necessary briefly to talk about <laughs> uh-huh. the goddamn set. Yes, yeah, because I want to I hear about this. You know, yeah. So it was designed by Harry Par- um and lit by Caitlin Staples. Great. Um, yeah. Um bonkers it was insane (laughs) so not just is there a goddamn lake at the front Mm. there's like so towards the end of act one they're in this like a little rowboat which is impressive in the first place so they're rolling around in a goddamn boat and then flies the boat flies James what, what, what? I thought you meant
1: actual bugs. What do you mean the boat flies? <laughs> hey, <laughs> unleash, unleash flies. Flies. Ah, <laughs> ah, <laughs> The bugs.
0: <laughs> ah, ah. I hate cloud streets. <laughs> it flies. It flies. The boat hoists up that into the boat. air. These two boys rowing in it. The boat's flying around. I and the, and, and like these like Edison bulbs get lowered so it, like around the boat, so it oh. looks like they're going through the stars. It's insane. That sounds insane. We should all go to Wesley and just be in their production. We could pretend to be children. Yeah, I, I can yeah, pass yeah. as a sixteen-year-old. Yeah, let's just never been kissed our way into the Wesley drama program again. I don't know what that is. Never been kissed. Is that a movie? Drew Barrymore, Michael Vartan. Drew place-
1: Barrymore was a character
0: on RuPaul's Drag Race Snatch Game recently. We have different friends we and do references. We have different references. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But yes, Uh-huh. they fly around in a rowboat. It's release the. <laughs> Release the flies. This is Cloud <laughs> Street. <laughs> um, I suppose there was something interesting in the fact of like they lived, like the house they lived in used to be occupied by like an old white woman who had a bunch of like stolen indigenous girls living with her. Oh. Um, and that was like the backstory of the house. And so the house was haunted by the woman and the indigenous girls. G- genuinely haunted as like a ghostly presence? Haunted or in the sense of like mentally? fish. So like, like brain damaged fish uh-huh. would like, See the let's go- see the ghosts of them in the house oh, Sure, okay was sure. like this spooky energy and then when a baby was birthed in the house towards the end of the show the ghosts were like bye <laughs> and that was them being freed what? Which, that is truly as clear as I can explain to you <laughs> the rules of ghosts uh, in Cloud <laughs> Street universe. Oh, goodbye! A <laughs> oh, baby? No, no, thank oh, you. Uh, that's all we wanted. <laughs> I'll be taking that. That's it. If you and poop a child. The rain. Rain. And then fish walked into the rain. And fish into the rain. And died? Mm. Uh-huh. Um, okay, yeah, that, that's that an interesting element that Tim wouldn't added. It's it's something, isn't it? <laughs> um, I suppose it came... Uh, part of what I came away thinking about, and I want to ask you, mm. is, like, what do you think you would do in the, like, Australian 40s when this is all happening?
1: I would be gay-bashed. Like, you'd be I'd be gay-bashed. Be gay-bashed. I'd, be I'd, bashed. Dead. I'd be dead. I yeah. would not be
0: alive. I, I... Oh, look, I don't know. How can you say? What, what, what do you... Because, Because like, you... that's the thing. Because, it's like, obviously, there's not a lot of, like... You know, television, phones, all this like None stuff that. that we have to distract ourselves. It's like day by day, you wake up and like maybe you open a store, or like maybe you yeah, or maybe go you fishing. go down
1: to the pub and have a beer with another man and then yeah. punch a lady. I uh-huh. don't know what you do in the forties.
0: That's the thing, and and therefore like obviously like a lot of the subject matter is like it seems like oh you could just kill yourself, you could just yeah. run away, <laughs> or you walk could into just, the rain, you could walk into the rain, yeah. you could get lost in a rowboat, you could get shot by a farmer. It definitely seemed farmer. like there are a lot more ways to die and no one would know. So, and it was just like an understood thing. It's like, oh, death just comes.
1: Yeah, I read I read this book recently, one that you pointed out to me, um, about um, an oncology nurse turned counsellor and talking about conversations at the end of life. And um, she's worked with people dying. And one of the things she said, because when she was young, she was growing up in Scotland or Ireland, mm. and um, there was just her grandmother dying in the house. And it was just a given that that would happen. Mm. And there seems to be this... She speaks very clearly about this shift of... Dying has been privatised Like in the modern day pro- Dying has sort of been Taken away from This sort of shared Experience that human beings have mm. Which like in the 40s It just was Mainly because you couldn't Afford healthcare Yeah um, But now it's like It's sheltered It's it's taken away It's walled up And you're not allowed To see it So so I feel like in the 40s In that sort of time it, Death was just a thing That yeah people just Had happen around them And they were so used to it mm. That you almost just Sort of needed to accept it. it's like Birth, marriage, death Like those were The three big things Yeah yeah, so, so I guess in that way, that's maybe why so many of those shows, Death is just one of those sort of like, ah, I guess she died. All right, moving on. Like, yeah. Whereas nowadays, it is such a huge thing that happens at any point.
0: Um, That's my experience of Death in the 40s. No, no, that that's, <laughs> yeah, great. No, no, it was interesting because I also, ran as you sort of your initial response, I had a similar thing to like, oh, I just get gay bashed. <laughs> That's mm. just... Or I would, like, you know, muscle through it and find a wife and well, just yeah. try to be happy. Because you have no
1: idea what the what the pressure would put on. Like, I don't know what I would actually do in that sort of time. Like, yeah, right. Maybe I would just shack up with a lady.
0: Sure. Yeah, but it's, isn't that just something? Like, you immediately run into, and not to get hung up on, like, the gay experience of living, mm-hmm. but it truly being, yeah, one of those things where maybe something that I'm sure sometimes we just take for granted nowadays yeah. in that it's not as limiting a thing totally
1: well we're only allowed to exist like we are today because we're allowed to exist like we are today yeah go back literally less than 100 years and you're right it's a completely different world yeah it couldn't be and you
0: go back and imagine and it's like that's the thing you run into Mm -hmm. like it's and to an extent it still exists today of course especially in other countries and whatnot. but like you you need to have at least this, this very small collection of things that make you normal enough to have freedom in the society yeah whereas like we have this one thing inside of us mm. that limits our capacity to be happy in that society just by virtue of that one individual yeah. thing
1: and and because of that I guess if you were to take Jake Stewart at birth mm. transport him to the 40s yeah. drop him there you would not be this, you would not be you you no. like you you would just not be this person you mm. would be a completely different person
0: yeah. Not to get all, I feel like I'm derailing the conversation, but yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, no. So that's just, that was just the thing that I was thinking about during the, during the, the show. Well, that's which nice like one that thing high was like, oh, school is meant I... to
1: make you feel those sort
0: of things. Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah, really what impressive. would I do in this world? Yeah. Yeah. And it, it just made me think about gayness. <laughs> oh, gayness. <laughs> and I try to think about it as often as I can. Also the fact that gayness rhymes with A. Anus. anus. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Which I think is just crude. <laughs> I think it's fabulous. It's oh my god, oh god. so <laughs> Oh, I like sex. Oh my god. Um, great that's that that's that's the shows we saw um we'll touch briefly on the fact um reagan obviously happened oh again yeah, not sure. about ronald reagan R e i g e n. periscope reagan, reagan, productions reagan. Reagan. reagan i was one of the nine playwrights involved with it yes yes directed by jessica we were dick gonna see it we were gonna see it and then uh canceled. unfortunately the shows have the, the shows we were meant to see got cancelled because yep. covid happened to a few people involved with the production it's this new thing is this new thing yeah mm-hmm. um yeah, but I saw, obviously because I was involved with the production, yes. I saw one of like the last rehearsals before they went on stage, and from things that I've heard, it was a really, really terrific show. I've heard people liked it. So yeah, otherwise, um, there's a week yeah. ahead. Again, if you're doing a show you want us to come see, please let us know. Yep. Um, We're also thinking, because this podcast was kind of born of a desire to kind of like, you know, even just like be a contribution to the discourse around theatre reviewing itself. Yes. We thought it'd be cool if you have received a review in the past that you'd like us to talk about. If there's something about a review that you've received that you think is worthy of some discussion, mm. yeah, love to Send read Send them it. in. Send them in. So, yeah, praisedionysus at gmail.com. Um, otherwise, obviously we exist on Instagram. True. Um, yeah. Otherwise, that's that. I suppose, um, again, as we always say, everything we've said we may already disagree with. In fact, I already do disagree with everything I just said. Good God. Everything I just said, the opposite is what I meant. Scrap it. Scrap it all. Scrap it all. It all.
1: Yeah, 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 I'm great. And of course... Friends don't let friends become theatre critics. No, they, they don't. They just don't. They just don't. Yeah.
0: Um. Be safe out there.
1: <laughs> we love you all. <laughs> hey, kid.
0: Hey, kid. <laughs> good, good morning, for Vietnam. You. <laughs> yeah. Go to bed, yeah. Stacey. Love
1: the smell of napalm in the morning. Uh, f-
0: bye. Bye, love you.